0: glad you're here today. Good stuff. Amen. You may be seated. God's good. You know, last week we talked a little bit about lift up a, lift up a shout, a great shout uh, of praise. Today we're going to go to Nehemiah and and share a little bit in chapter six. And I know last week we tore the walls down and Nehemiah built the walls up. So don't freak out. This isn't a uh, a back and forth (laughs) message on you but i do believe you know as god led me to this story i I was really surprised and i said you know we just talked father about uh tearing the walls down and now we're going to come in and talk about building the walls back up not the same city but you know that's it's kind of a strange way to come about it in the next week but i really felt like god said you know it's not about tearing walls down or building walls up it's about doing what i tell you to do And that made sense to me because over the last six weeks, two months, we've really been talking about and concentrating in this church on hearing what God is saying to us and then living it out in our life and doing it. And you know what? It is Labor Day, and I didn't even realize it was Labor Day, but I'm telling you, there is work for each one of us to do whether it be a job as you go out into the world and you're working and putting your hand to the plow, doing whatever God has opened the door for you to do, whether it's a, a situation where you're just working for the Lord because you're, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom or you're retired or whatever that might be, but you're advancing the kingdom of God by putting your hand to that plow, whatever it might be, there is work to do. Don't stop working. You know some folks who have worked their whole life, they, they, have, they have spent their whole life working to this point Of retirement and they retire they get done and then they uh, go home and then it seems like now this isn't everybody but you know folks like this it seems like after a few weeks you know everything's all right then a couple months then about a year then about two years and all of a sudden they've gotten a little crusty and they got a little cranky they don't seem to be doing much all of a sudden their health starts to fail and it's like, well, they were really good at about 65 or 67 or 70, when they, but then they stopped working. You know, I've heard people say that before. Yeah, when I stopped working, it all kind of went downhill. Well, why'd you stop working? I understand there's a time and a season where maybe your work in the natural, working for somebody or having your business or doing your job in this world. I know there are days when those things can kind of come to an end, but you, you never stop working. You never, you never quit. God has called us, he's called me, he's called you to be about the Father's business. Jesus knew that at a very young age. He's 12, what, 12 years old or whatever and he's sitting in the temple. And how many of you know you got young people, maybe teenagers, they tend to talk back to you maybe a little bit here or there? Listen, now I'm not saying Jesus talked back to his parents but they came looking for him. And they said, hey, hey, where are you? We've been looking all over for you. He says, what are you doing looking for me? I am about my Father's business. Now, I'm sure they grabbed him by the back of the head and said, now, excuse me, young man. (laughs) They were glad that he was about the father's business, but how many of you know, sometimes, you know, 12-year-olds are 12-year-olds. But he said, I am about my father's business. And that didn't stop all the way through, and it didn't stop being about the father's business on this earth until he was crucified. So I don't think we have an opportunity to stop being about the father's business until we end up in heaven, and then it'll all be about the father. So I just want to encourage you today, you're called to build. In Matthew chapter 7, it says in Matthew chapter 7 that we are called to build. You're in Nehemiah, right? Chapter 6? Just hang on, I'll get right there. Okay, in Matthew chapter 7, it says that we're called to build. He says, I will liken the man who hears my word and does it to a man who builds his house on a firm foundation. So as you hear God's word... And as you do it or live it in your life, you are building a house on a firm foundation. You are called to build. And nowhere in there in the Word have I seen, take, a, take, take time and go sit around and don't do anything. Even when you're taking time like Jesus did, getting away from the rest of the folks and the people, he was still praying and seeking the Father. I'm just encouraging you that you have an opportunity in your life to build. And you're called to build. But will you? Will I? Proverbs 14.1, ladies, says that you are called. A woman has the ability, the power in her hands to build her house. Or she has the power to tear it down. Not just your house as far as the decorations and the carpet and those things, but your house is your household and your family and your clan, the ones God has given you. Now, I know today we have women who work and do a lot of different things, and the world may be a little bit different, but that doesn't release us from that, see, it doesn't release us from that responsibility to build our house. You don't like what you see in your young folks. You don't like what you see in your house. You don't like what you hear or feel spiritually in your house. Do something about it. You have the power and the authority and I would say the responsibility to make a difference there and to build your house. You have an opportunity in Jude chapter 20, it says, I will build myself up in my most holy faith. Not only are you building up your world and your life on a firm foundation, ladies, not only are you building your household, but it says in Jude 20, we have the ability to build ourselves up. We don't stop doing that. How many of you would say, you know what, I'm, I'm built up enough? I mean, if you had the opportunity to continue to build and continue to grow and continue to prosper and continue to be in health, like it says, and continue to go forward in God, why would we stop? God always has something more for us. It says that we build ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Now, here's, here's the important part. God has to be leading you and guiding you in your building. Don't you decide that you need some third-story something on your house, and God's telling you to sure up the foundation. See, don't go telling God, I, I need an outbuilding. I need a big pole barn back here so I can put all the stuff. When God's saying, you know what, give all that stuff away, and why don't you focus on the inside of your house, or why don't you focus on the bedrooms, or why don't you focus on this person in your house? See, we, we, it says in Psalms 127, unless God does what? Builds the house, he who labor, labor in vain. A lot of people have been working really hard in the flesh. And I would say this, that's not necessarily, you weren't trying to do anything wrong. We're not, when we get laboring in the flesh, I think many times we're just trying to do what we think needs to be done. I've talked to parents for years and years and years and years as I've taught and done all those things and then youth pastoring over here and doing all these things and dealing with families and people in the church and ministry. I I talk to people all the time who have kids and they want to tell me all the things and all the deals and all the stuff and sometimes i go you're focusing on what how about we focus on this or you know what god's word says this or if it's church folk and people who are around i say you know what what's god telling you well he's telling me this but i don't know if making sense to me you know where you end up when all that goes down you end up in oh no oh no the kids Oh no, it's awful. Oh no, it's over. Don't go to oh no. Be led by the Spirit. Are you in Nehemiah 6? As you go and you read this story about Nehemiah, you have to realize that Nehemiah was he was a cupbearer of the king. He he wasn't, you know, didn't say he was a carpenter, it didn't say he was a builder, it didn't say he was a mason. Jerusalem was in rubbles. There was a need. The walls have been torn down, the city burned. I mean, it was bad. Things weren't going well. And it says that Nehemiah, as you, as you read through the beginning of Nehemiah headed to 6, he, he had compassion on the inside of him for the people and for that city. See, there's, there are things that God's going to put in your heart that are going to well up on the inside of you. There are things that God is saying to you that he's only saying to you. And you're waiting for somebody else to get involved so you can help them. And he's saying, why don't you do it, and I'll bring somebody along to help you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You have to read the story. In verse 1, it says, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I... And he, I like Nehemiah because he writes it first person. And it says that that had heard... See, they heard, they, they, the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. So they, 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 they said, oh, something's going on. Your enemies know what's going on. The enemy knows what you're doing. Now, you have to stop and think, will they be happy? These enemies here or your enemies, will the enemy be happy in your life when you begin to do what God told you to do? No. And if you read this story, the whole idea was to discourage him. See, to distract him and to stop him from being obedient to what he felt like God had put in his heart to do. The trick here that the enemy uses is not much different than the trick he uses in your life. Whether it be your household, whether it be your job, whether it be the things that he's called you to do spiritually in your life as you go out and disciple and bring people into the kingdom of God, whatever those things are, the enemy doesn't like that. And it says, they had heard that I had rebuilt the walls that there were no breaks left in it. And then Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. Say, oh no. See, he's trying to get him to come down off the wall. See, now the title makes sense, right? But if he comes down off the wall and he meets them in the plain of Ono, he will find himself in an oh no situation don't go to Oh No. See, it's cute, isn't it? It's cute. God's good. But it says, he was wise. Nehemiah was wise. They thought to do me harm. Verse three says, so I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a what? Great work. Say great work. When you are doing what God called you to do, it's great work. Keep doing it. Well, I don't have enough. Well, it says it says in the word that God will provide for you an abundance for every good work. There's abundance. He had people come alongside. He didn't know what he was doing. He was a cupbearer. But he had compassion. See what 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 makes that what makes you tick? What 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 crank what turns your crank? What's that thing that gets your heart going and your eyes misty and well, I could not never do that. Why not? It goes on and it says, so I sent, them, I sent the messenger to them. I didn't even talk to them. I sent a messenger to them. I said, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should, now get this, why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? See, what you're doing for God is important whether it's standing for the five people on your list, whether it's raising your children the right way, whether it's speaking life into situations, whether it's praying for the sick at the hospital, working in the nursing home, driving the transportation vans, whether it's ushering, whether it's greeting, whether it's working with little kids, whether it's being the the example of a godly husband or father or mother or wife or whatever that is, those things are important. And when you stop doing that, the work that God has called you to will cease. It says, why should I come down? Why should I leave? Why should the work cease if I come to see you? And he says, but then, I, but then he sent me the message four times. Well, it must be important. Well, yes, he sent you the message four times. He wants to stop you. And the first one didn't. And the second one didn't. And the third one didn't. What do you think? He's going to come back for the fourth one? Uh-huh. Think about it in your life. See, what is that thing that always gets you off track? Does the enemy just keep coming back with that same thing? Now, it says that the enemy is sly, that he's cunning, that he's very smart. But we're dumber and rocks, and so he doesn't have to come at us with a bunch of stuff. He's coming back with the same thing. It didn't say that he had a different message for him. If he had a different message for him, maybe Nehemiah would have wrote about that. Well, the second time he told me this, and the third time he told me this. He didn't say any of that. He said he came back with that message four times. The enemy will continue to play the same trick on you. How many times do you have to see the same trick? See, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on who? He told him. And then it goes on. And he says, Then Sanballat sent the servant to me the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Now he begins to change. Now he begins to come against him. Now he says... You have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters were reported to the king, begins to threaten him. Some come, therefore, and let us, so come and let us counsel or consult together. Then I sent to him, saying, I still didn't come down off the wall, and he came against him with lies. Now, how many of you know the accuser of the brethren is the liar? That's the enemy, and he comes against you with lies. And not only will he come against you with lies and begin to tell you lies, he will also bring people against you who have tales to tell about you. He's not going to tell somebody else that he's using to come against you the truth in what you're doing. Go get Todd distracted. He's doing God's work, and he's really working hard, and God's really blessing him, but we need to distract him. He won't send somebody to tell Todd that. I don't know too many times where I've come to you and said, man, you're doing a great job, Todd. Keep standing. But you know what? You might want to quit. <laughs> the enemy doesn't do that. He doesn't send somebody to encourage you and distract you at the same time. He might send somebody to flatter you, to distract you, but not to encourage you. <laughs> Maybe He's a liar same liar that's yelling at Nehemiah and saying things about him. Somebody came and stood and read something to him that this guy said it's not even true about him. And he, he responds and he tells them, then I sent to him, saying no such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. See, the word says that when the enemy comes against him, we can bind him in Jesus' name and we speak the what instead of the lie, we speak the truth. The enemy wants to stop you from doing whatever it is, and he'll do anything in his power to do that. And if the things that he's used after a period of time don't work, then all of a sudden people start lying about you, start saying the wrong thing about you, and everybody begins to turn on you. But the one thing that will never, ever go wrong in your life is living and speaking the truth. You don't have to remember what you said if you speak the truth. And the one thing that turns the enemy away in your life is the truth. You can't bind him and loose him with a lie. You bind him and loose him with the truth. Because verse 9, and this is where many believers find themselves in the middle of Oh No. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, this is important. Nehemiah said, now, therefore, O God, do what? Strengthen my hands. See, he's a man who's not going to come down from what God's told him to do. And even if the rest of them all turn on him, he is going to speak the truth, proclaim the truth, and he actually asks God in that moment to do what? Strengthen his hands. Give me strength, because I'm going to keep going. By this time, many of us have bailed off, and we find ourselves in, oh, no. I was, everything was going good, but, oh, no, man, that one's bad. Oh, no, Pastor John, you're not going to believe this. Get out of, oh, no, dude. It's real simple. The word's real simple. When, when, you, when we mess up, if we make a mistake, if we go the wrong direction, if we make the wrong choice, if we come down off the wall, whatever, we just repent and say, God, I need, I need you to help me. I've messed up. And I, I, you know what? I, I don't know how I fell prey to that again. I don't know what's going on. But I just need your forgiveness. I repent before you today. Now, could you get me a ladder and a hammer? Because I, I want to get back up on my wall. I want to get back to work. It's real simple. And God says, oh, brother, come on. Ladder comes up and up you go on top of the wall. And he just puts you right back to work. You're doing something for the kingdom of God you're building the kingdom everywhere you go you are a kingdom builder yeah but if god doesn't build the house yep who's god going to build the house through you right. me who, who god give the hammer to <laughs> you who god give the word to you who god give all the tools to you not me see not gone he said, I gave it all to you. Could you do the work? Could you do it? Now he's giving me the tools. He's, you know, he has the tools, all of those things. But, it, but you have to see yourselves as builders. You're not just the crew. The church is not just the crew of the chief builder, the pastor. That's not the case. You're a builder. Now, you may not know what you're doing with your tools. If we sent you out on the roof to re-roof it, you may fall off and hurt yourself. Who knows what might go on? So what do you think you need to do? Learn to write your tools, People will come alongside you to help you. People will come alongside to strengthen you when you're weak. But it's not going to happen if you're wandering around in the land, oh, no. Don't take up a fight that God hadn't asked you to fight. Don't go out in the middle of, oh, no, to to begin to, to, to come against the people who are coming against you. Who fights for you? God does. If you read on here, it says that. He says, oh, strengthen my hands. In verse 10, it says, afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of, oh man, these are some names, aren't they? Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they should be coming to kill you. Indeed, at night, they will come to kill you. And he said, should a man such as I flee? And he says, and who is there? such as i who would go into the temple to save his life now this is not telling you to go into the church but this is telling you you have power in your world where you stand you don't have to wait to sunday to come into the church they said come on into the church it's a safe place and i'm telling you the church is a safe place (laughs) give us a call come in send us an email whatever you need we'll be praying for you standing with you encouraging you if we can help you we will but he told him hey you don't have to go into the church my man I don't have to run in there with you. God's going to take care of me. He's going to protect me. And who am I to think that if I run in there, it's going to be okay? In verse 12, he said, Then I perceived, heard from the Spirit of God. God will reveal things to you in your life if you don't give up and end up in oh no. It's hard to hear an oh no. Because everybody else is shouting, oh no. Have you ever noticed? Sensationalism is running rampant. Where in the world have we gotten to where two inches of snow causes people in Indiana to freak out and run to the store and buy bread? You don't want to laugh because you're buying bread, okay? Are we, be- is, are we having church? It's two inches. Of snow. We get the call, don't lie. You, you've you got the call constantly. Are we, are we canceling service? For flurries? Are we going to come down off the wall because somebody said it's going to snow two inches? But sensationalism, it's going to rain, build an ark. No, it's not. It rained hard for a little while yesterday, but it's all right. I'm not saying don't take precaution. I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm saying don't freak out. <laughs> Who's going to take care of you? God is. Why come down off your wall spiritually and get all upset, freaked out, and run around going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> the church has a tendency to be a little chicken littlish. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. No, it's not. It's an inch of snow. Get in your car and go to work. Really? You're not going to get a lot of sympathy from me. I mean, it's just two inches of snow. Oh, it's going to be a blizzard of epic proportions. It's three inches of snow. Relax, weatherman. Why do you think he gets paid? So you'll watch the TV. So what do you think he's going to say? Oh, don't worry about it. It's just going to be a little bit of snow. It's no problem at all. You're not going to do that you're going to watch. Ain't no money in the middle. The truth, there's no money in the truth. The truth's in the lies. People get all freaked out. Hey, you gotta be you gotta be aware, you gotta know what's going on. But really, does it take a genius? And I don't know if I can say I mean, does it take a genius when you go down to vote? <laughs> Probably shouldn't go there. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Maybe not. But do you have to watch all these conventions and all this rhetoric and all this hype? It's good. I'm not telling you it's not. I'm telling you, be, a, be. A, but really, is it, does it take all of that? Do you? If you're in that place where you have to watch those to decide who you're going to vote for, we need to have some personal counseling. If you're in the church, really. Now, it's good to be aware. And all, I'm not saying don't do that. But what do those things tend to do if you're not on your game spiritually, if you're not standing and proclaiming in the spirit, if you're not on the wall doing what God asks you to do, amen in the man as he says whatever it is that you agree with, what do you get into? You get into, oh, no, oh, no, what happens if, what happens if, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Am I not saying the truth? Yes, ma'am. This isn't even the message I prepared, but it's good. Is this on video? Because we'll just watch it next service. It'll be a lot better that way. i get to see it. (laughs) I haven't even got past the first scripture. That was the first thing on the list is this. I haven't even got to the rest of the stuff. Oh, we might want to stick around. (laughs) Second and third service, it probably be three parts. All in one day. verse 13, he says, for this reason, these people were hired, that I should be afraid and act that way in sin so that they might have cause for an evil report. There is no cause for evil report if you continue to do the work that God told you. The enemy can't come against you. But I tell you, if you come down off the wall and end up in "Oh no," if he provokes you to the point where you get out of the spirit and into the flesh, there will be cause for an evil report. See, I told you that guy was nuts as you fly off the handle and say, "Who knows what? You come down in the middle of "Oh no" and start taking people out. Who did it say is our shield in, in the scripture that we read and worship? He is our shield. He is our defender. What does he do after this? He says, my God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to their works. He says, you know what? I'm not gonna fight against flesh and blood. That's God's thing to do. I'm going to speak by the Spirit. And I'm going to stand in faith, and I'm going to proclaim the truth, and I'm going to understand that God is the one who defends me. He is my shield and my refuge, and he is the one who will fight my battles and take care of my enemies. Amen. For this reason they were hired. My God remembered Tobiah according to their works and the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who would, have af- who would have made me afraid. Let God take care of them, man. Let God take care of them. Now, I know sometimes it looks like it's taking forever for God to do whatever it is he's going to do. I know you may be saying, I've been up here swinging this hammer for a mighty long time, God. Doesn't seem like anything's going on. You better be a finisher. Too many of us got too many half-built walls running around. You better be a finisher of what God told you to do. Jesus was a finisher. He hung on the cross, and what was the last thing he said? It is what? Finished. You've been created for good works, Ephesians 2.10. And in Philippians 1.6, it says, For the God who has started a good work in you will be faithful to do what? Complete it. You can't complete it in the land of, oh, no. Get back up on the wall. That's where you're doing your work. Where do you think it is he does his? Up on the wall. I know it looks like it's been forever, but God can do some things quick in your life. You may not think that the end is near, but I'm telling you what, God can close that door and he'll open up a new one for you and he'll bring you a new wall. He's not going to bring you down off the wall and then sit you in a chair somewhere to rock. You'll be finished with that thing and then he'll bring you into something else and he'll have you work on something else. Don't you worry about it. He's not going to sit you in a corner somewhere. There's a reason. It goes on here and it says, it didn't take forever, it took 52 days. Those walls have been sitting, busted up, city burned for 13 years. Now, the people had to be built up first, and they were. Ezra, I think, is that the, the prophet who came in? And then they began to build the walls around the city. 52 days, boom, done. Wow. God will do some things in your life. You just keep working. I think he wanted to do a 52-day work in you, and it's taken 52 years because you've been wandering around And oh, no. It's a harsh word. Sometimes I, I, I know that's true in my life. I've asked God. I've asked God. Some of it's character building. Some of it's big stuff, big time. Some of, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's, there's a lot of things. But I know in my life, I've postponed what God wanted to do in my life because I'm wandering around and oh no, and he's just waiting for me to get my hammer. He sent people across my path to say, get to work. Yeah, whatever. Come on, get back on the wall. No, no, you don't know what it's like to climb a ladder, it hurts my back. But listen, this is probably the most important thing <laughs> And this whole message that I will not be able to preach twice because I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> but it's fresh for you today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm learning to do this too. I've got a whole thing prepared. But I, I, you know what? I've decided that I'm just going to let God be God. And, and God can flow through me just like he can flow through you. And if we're going to build this house, then it's going to be by the Spirit of God. That as he leads us and as he guides us, you individually in your life and in your families, us in our families, but us also as the pastors of this church, standing and believing and trusting God, there's a reason why you don't quit. There's a reason why you don't give up. Now, you've got to pay attention here in this end part because it's important. After he said that it took 52 days, in verse 16 it said, and it happened when all of our enemies heard of it. See, when all the enemies heard and saw what they had done, Get this, because this is important. you got to realize, you may be swinging the hammer, but this isn't for you. You may be preaching to folks, but this isn't for you. You may be praying for people who are sick, but this isn't for you. You're not the healer. Who's the healer? Him. It says, and all the nations around us, they saw these things. That they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they realized this work was done by who? God. Matthew chapter 5. Can you put that up there? Verse 16. God has created you for good works, and he will be faithful to complete them in your life. But it's not for you. Just like it was for Nehemiah, he didn't come down off that wall. He stayed up and didn't go to, oh, no. And all of the people that said heard and saw and realized and knew that this was a work of God. But what has God done and said to you? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Your good works. What did those people see when, when they got done? And it says they saw the good works. Nehemiah said, I am doing a Great work. What God has called you to is a good work and a great thing. Don't stop. Because in the end, if you don't stop, God will be very pleased. You'll be blessed. You'll be prosperous. You'll be anointed. All those things. But most importantly, men will see what God has done through you. It says that. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may, what? See your good works and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Why don't you stand up today? I think many times we think this wall is my issue and my problem. (laughs) This thing that God has called me to. God, why are you doing this? See, what do we say? What God, why are you doing this to who? To me. Why do you keep asking me? why we always say god could you release who me god could you please make this end for who me do we stop and say god you have slept this hammer in my hand. Ooh, that's close. Better get a grippy one. That that would be bad news. And then he took out the financial director. But he said, you have put this in my hand. I am on this wall for a reason. I I want to work according to your plan so that you may be glorified. Stop worrying about you. If he was worried one bit about himself and didn't realize who he was and who had him on that wall, he would have ended up in, oh, no. Don't worry about it. God's going to fight for you. He's going to make a way. Don't go down to, oh, no.